would you describe your business model? <laughs> Rapacious. It's all about making money. People of the Underground Bunker, hello. This is your proprietor. We wanted to update you on the latest things going on. Uh, first of all, of course, the trial of Danny Masterson, which is only three weeks away, which is hard to believe when you think back to that first story showing up in 2017 and all the things these women have been through, just from difficulty with the LAPD investigation to when was the DA ever going to charge to, you know, the, the things these defense attorneys are throwing at them. And uh, they've just been through hell. Uh, they, they've been harassed the whole time. Um, finally, it's nice to hear that the government has evidence of it and is going to be uh, entering that in the criminal trial. I knew they had evidence. I knew that this was going on. But uh, anyway, it's it's uh, there's a lot going on as I have to get ready for this thing. I, I am going out to Los Angeles. I do have a place to stay. Um, haven't quite figured out my car situation yet. I, 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 you know, how long is this thing going to last? Um, according to Mueller, the prosecutor and uh, one of the defense attorneys said something like six weeks or longer. Like, I don't know that I can rent a car for that long. But um, on the other hand, Judge Almeida seems to think she can get it done much quicker, like three weeks. And uh, she said it almost like in a boasting way in Wednesday's hearing. So, um, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do there. Um, another thing that I'm probably going to have to do that'll affect, uh, the bunker is that when I, you know, I, I do my best to put up a story every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. And, uh, when I'm overseas, it's a different time, uh, for, you know, where I am. And, and when I'm, you know, in Israel, for example, which I go to, for family things, um, that's two in the afternoon. That's great for me. But when I go to California, it's just miserable. I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, make sure that the story's gone up correctly, check on it. And, you know, if it's a few days, it's not a big deal. But six weeks, no, that's that's insane. So I, I, think, I think I'm going to have to move publication time back to at least 8 a.m on the East coast while I'm in Los Angeles covering this trial. The other thing I think we're going to do besides a normal morning's post is of course I'll be uh, jamming out updates, uh, you know, on recess. And then right after the day's um, testimony, the way I did during the preliminary hearing last year, but I'm also thinking I'll probably record a podcast every night. Um, uh, maybe with Jeffrey Augustine, we'll talk about the things that we saw in the case. And just to give you some sense of what it was like personally to be there. And uh, so that's, that's probably going to, so, so the, on the downside, the post may come a little later in the day than you're used to. On the other hand, we may get podcasts every day. So those are some of the things I've been thinking about. If you've got some thoughts on that, please drop me a line. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to talk about is just, has this been a week or what at the bunker? Oh my goodness. I thought I'd go over some of it and, and uh, point out some of my favorite comments. And I do want to thank you about that. I mean, the Substack is going really great, very strong, growing my base of subscribers. Please encourage people to sign up for free emails. They get every story for free. Um, 
but you know, the conversation is still going on at TonyOrtega.org. And I, I really uh, am very happy about that. You guys are doing some great stuff there. So let's go through this. Um, on 9-11, uh, we had a story titled Scientology Delivers Superpowers. And here are the miracles to prove it, which was another OT phenomena. I love OT phenomena. You love OT phenomena. Thank you so much to our source that sent us in the latest from uh, Advance Magazine. And that just gives me an opportunity to remind you, please, if you happen to get a new issue of Impact or Celebrity or Free Wins, we love to see these publications from Scientology. Please let us know. And uh, again, we had a great selection of wonderful OT superpowers that Scientologists use to try to string each other along. And I really, I really like Pan's comment who said, I am never going to fly again unless the airline can guarantee that they have an OT on the flight. Too risky. Well, you know, that's one of those things that I think is so obvious about Scientology. If they had any of these powers, they claim, they wouldn't need to do any advertising. They could just demonstrate it, and they never do. Uh, the next day, we had a story titled, Court agrees to issue summons for Scientology leader David Miscavige in trafficking lawsuit. Oh, wow. This was a big one. People are so excited. Um, and I'm actually going to give myself the comment on this one because I, 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 I want to make a point about it. The comment I made on that was I have pointed out the numerous challenges that are facing this lawsuit and may get it derailed by Scientology. However, there's simply no comparison between Neil Glazer's crew and the dream team from Philly as far as effort and having their shit together and no typos even. What I'm referring to is that back in 2019, we had two major lawsuits, well, three actually, one got dropped, uh, filed on behalf of Valerie Haney and the Masson accusers by a dream team from Philly, this national team of lawyers that had taken on the Catholic Church and were now taking on Scientology and they had chosen these big cases to go after, really important. Valerie Haney's was high profile, and then the, the Masterson accusers. And right from the beginning, it was just so confusing. The pleadings were filled with typos, embarrassing things. Um, these the, this vaunted team from Philly, none of them were admitted to the California court, and so they were relying on a local guy that just seemed in a little over his head. And um, they've had a lot of trouble with those lawsuits. Now, they're, they're doing great currently in the Bixler lawsuit, the Madison accusers. But um, I just, you know, hear a lot of things about how these plaintiffs are just not getting the representation they deserve. And that's why this new lawsuit filed uh, by Valeska Paris and the Baxters. And like I said, it's got challenges. It's got challenges in jurisdiction in the, the length of time that's passed and uh, mainly the arbitration issue. But wow, Neil Glazer and his team are on top of it. I mean, they are just filing some knockout documents. And one of the most interesting was they have convinced this judge, Judge Thomas Barber, federal court, that uh, David Miscavige is evading service. You know, he has, he has purposely put up barriers to make sure he does not get served papers. And the judge agreed. 
Um, and I think this is a big deal. I, I, I don't know if this lawsuit's going to get over these hurdles, but you know, congratulations to them for getting the court to pay attention to these problems with serving the scavenge. And if he becomes an official defendant, that may help others. So that's, that's a very exciting story this week. And you guys really responded to that one. The next day we had another amazing scoop. The title was Audio, Nation of Islam's Louis Farrakhan says Riza Islam is accused of horrible charge. We got leaked actual audio of Minister Louis Farrakhan saying that Riza Islam's fiance had accused him of rape. And then he went on to basically criticize women for putting men in the position where they wouldn't be able to control themselves. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. But um, two things happened after our story came out. The next day, Riza and his fiance announced their engagement to appear as the happy couple, and Minister Farrakhan asked YouTube to take down our video, which the YouTube complied with as a copyright basis. I'm looking into that because I'm not sure that there's a copyright issue, but... You know, all I can say is the audio was recorded uh, at a mosque where the video was being shown. So um, that uh, a reader, a quick-witted reader, had re downloaded that before it disappeared. And that audio is now up at a different location, and I provided a link to that. Um, got a lot of abuse from uh, Farrakhan fans and Riza Islam fans on Twitter. Um, my favorite was the clip they're showing of Farrakhan telling Mike Wallace to shut his mouth. And uh, I guess that was aimed at me, but I have to say that's the first time I've ever been sort of compared to Mike Wallace, and I'll take it. That's, that was a very big compliment. I don't know if they knew that. Uh, the next day, we had a story, Now With No Restrictions, our podcast series on the Scientology docuseries that never aired. Boy, this turned out really good. I, I, was, I wasn't I was sure that we were going to get Jamie DeWolf. We got Jamie DeWolf. Um, we produced this limited podcast series talking to some of the people who were involved in the making of the Sirens Media TV show about Scientology that has never aired. And uh, Jamie was amazing. I mean, Jamie, you know, that's what I heard from everybody else was that he was just such a great presence on the set, helping people out. And uh, um, I think the uh, I think the series was a success. Andrea, I Betty Garner commented, I suspect many of the contributors to the special podcast will be in tears reading Jamie's summary of the aborted Sirens Media series. It is just like him to apologize for its failure to air, but I think there's little doubt how hard he fought away from the cameras. His way with words is gorgeous, even when the subject matter is so ugly. Thank you, Andrea. That's, that's exactly the way I feel, too. What a pleasure it was to talk with him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people ask me about that show coming out. And, you know, A&E made a decision. And like I, I think I've said several times, I don't think it's that unusual for a network to order up more than one version of a type of show and then only show one. But in this case, these people went through so much to make this show uh, it's a shame they couldn't figure out a way to maybe sell it to a different network or something. It's I, I don't know what happened there, but uh, it's a shame we haven't seen any of it. 
Uh, the next day, uh, our story was titled, Paul Haggis Opposes Motion to Keep Scientology Out of Next Month's Trial. And um, this was, uh, uh, you know, Paul Haggis' trial is scheduled to start in New York the same day that Danny Masterson's trial is starting in Los Angeles. Now, Paul Haggis' trial is a civil lawsuit, civil trial. He's being sued by a woman named Haley Brest, who was his um, was somebody he he uh, went to a movie premiere with in 2013, went back to his place, and she claims he raped her. Uh, he sued her the same day, saying that she was just trying to extort him, which is why she was suing him rather than going to the police. Um, his lawsuit was dismissed. Hers is now nearing trial, and they're kind of they're fighting in these last three weeks over what to allow in. And she had asked that the judge uh, prevent Haggis from saying anything about being about Scientology at all. That he was a he's a well known Scientology defector. That he predicted that he would be the target of a scandal, and um, you know basically a lot of. Um, uh, things that would that that make that make people question whether Scientology is involved, even though no evidence has come up to suggest. You know, there is no evidence that Haley is in league with Scientology or anything. And she's, she, you know, she's adamant about that. She's stated that under oath, and so she wants none of this in the trial. And I saw some really interesting co comments, both sides, from both both points of view online. I think they're all, you know, all legitimate. I like others. I am well. Let me just read a comment I really like. It's from Pan. He said, I have no idea what happened and don't feel qualified to comment. I do feel that it is essential that Paul Haggis's experience with Scientology be mentioned. Of course, it exists as a possibility that their desire for vengeance be implicated. For Paul Haggis and Haley Brest, I hope justice is served. And that's that's been the thing I've been sort of uh, been my guidepost in this is I, I, I just I, I just hope justice is served. And I, I hate to see Paul going through this, but I also you know, it, it, she deserves her day in court. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Haley has asked for the trial to be moved up to October 3rd because she's got an expert that she says can't testify after that. Um, I haven't seen an indication in the court docket whether the judge is going to do that or not. If it is October 3rd, I might be able to go to a day or two of that before I head out to L.A. But if it's October 11th, just crazy that they're both happening at the same time. Uh, the next day at the bunker, we had a story titled Scientology's arbitration contracts are unconscionable, say trafficking victims. And uh, yeah, this was, so um, Valeska Paris and the Baxters have filed this labor trafficking lawsuit in Tampa. They were Sea Org workers. They were on the free winds. They have uh, described this terrible litany of abuses they suffered as children and adults in the Sea Org and and were essentially prisoners on the free winds um, and their passports were held. Um, they were just constantly abused, disciplined. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's resulted in some really uh, high profile stories at places like Sydney morning news, Tampa Bay times, daily beast. Um, but, you know, Scientology's responded the way it usually does. It's trying to derail the lawsuit before it gets going. Uh, they have filed motions to compel arbitration, saying that Valeska and the Baxters have uh, signed contracts as adults, 
Uh, and these are service contracts. These are not the Sea Org billion year contract. These are service contracts they signed as in the course of, of being Scientologists. And uh, those contracts, Scientology says, oblige them not to sue in court, but to submit to Scientology's internal religious arbitration uh, if they have a grievance. So this has worked previously in some cases, and most importantly, I think, is that it worked in the Garcia case, which was not just the same venue, Tampa Federal Court, but literally the same courtroom uh, just a few years ago. So that's a pretty heavy precedent, it seems to me. But um, this was their comeback to that. They just filed these uh, responses, uh, and they're really well done, very, very uh, thorough. Uh, they raised some issues that I haven't seen in the Garcia case and some others. And, uh, and I really like this comment from Patty Moore, and so I thought I'd read that. I haven't finished reading the documents yet, but as I was reading it, it came to me how absolutely courageous Valeska and the Baxters are. It's one thing to stand up and thumb your nose at the cult on social media, but it's quite something else to take them on in a lawsuit. In my opinion, that's the kind of unique courage and a lot of being pissed off by this evil clusterfuck known as Scientology. My other impression is that these folks finally found some lawyers that seem very capable of taking on the cult. It also takes a lot of courage for a law firm to take on the cult. Seriously, these lawyers put their lives and the lives of their friends and family on the line by taking on this evil cult. I don't know any of these people, but they have my deepest respect for taking on a group with a bottomless budget and some criminal evil intentions. Well, look, these uh, these attorneys are working hard. You can see it in the documents. Um, but uh, I don't know how it's, I really don't know how it's going to go with this judge in this court. Like I said, the Garcia, it seems to me the Garcia precedent hangs heavy in that courtroom. And uh, uh, both sides, both the plaintiffs and the defense have asked for oral arguments. So um, we might, it might be nice to have somebody down there in Tampa helping us out watching uh, the hearing if the judge schedules it. I'm waiting to see if that happens. Uh, the next day was Saturday, and our podcast was Jesse Prince is here to shake up your understanding of Scientology. Um, wow, this was fun, wasn't it? I, you know, Jesse put out a memoir four years ago. We wrote about that then. Uh, this is a guy, I mean, at one point, he was like the number three person in all of Scientology. And he came out, and then he was a firebrand for a few years. He had some tough health issues, that, and he kicked ass on that. And I've just always found him a lot of fun to talk to. I knew that he'd surprise me with a few things, and he certainly did. I hope you've got a chance to listen to that. And again, with Patty, with a great comment, she said, I absolutely love the podcast with Jesse Prince. The guy is a hoot. I roared with laughter at some parts and found his viewpoint really helpful in understanding the crazy world of the cult. And I also just ordered his book. Well, good for you, Patty. I'm glad you did that. I'm glad for Jesse. He's getting some more sales. Um, the next day, we had a story titled Bombshells and Danny Masterson Case, Grand Jury Testimony and Evidence Against Scientology. Whew, this was something. Um, we managed to get a hold of some documents from last week's hearing, uh, the pleadings, as well as a transcript. And um, things are getting really interesting this close to the trial. 
I think we're going to have some other things happening too that are going to blow people away. The prosecutor, Deputy DA Reinhold Mueller, put in not only said in his pleadings last week that Marty Singer had testified at the grand jury, but actually quoted from his testimony. And what were they questioning Marty Singer about? And let me just you know point out this guy. He's. I remember getting yelled at by Marty Singer at the Village Voice about 12 years ago because we had, because Michael Musto had cracked a joke about Jeremy Piven. <laughs> and I have a feeling Jeremy Piven's a real thin skinned guy. Um, it was a very funny joke and it was just a joke. Uh, I think what it was, it was uh, Jeremy Piven at one point was acting in a uh, Broadway production of a Mamet play, David Mamet play, and then he had to drop out. He was and and he claimed that he had uh, mercury poisoning from eating too much sushi. And so, I think Musto or somebody else asked David Mamet about it, and Mamet put out this hilarious statement saying he he he's uh um happy that um Jeremy can now explore his new career as a thermometer. And you know, Musto just put that in his column. Why wouldn't he? It's funny, right? And um Piven was apparently so upset he sicked Marty Singer on us. And so I, I'm just telling you this because this is what he does. Editors all over the country have gotten have been through this where you've got Marty Singer yelling and screaming at you because you've dared to say something about one of his clients he doesn't like. And that's what he does. He gets celebrities out of trouble. He's like a fixer. He's he's, you know, uh he's the guy that makes sure that that Hollywood stars don't get sued, don't get prosecuted, don't even have bad articles written about them. That's his job. And so there really isn't much worse that can happen to a guy like that than to be called down to a grand jury to talk about one of his clients. I mean, this is, oh, wow. I mean, this is very bad for him. And what he was talking about was that back in, uh, you know, 2003, one of the accusers who goes by the name Jane Doe One um, says she was attacked at Danny Madison's house late on the night of April 25th. 2003 and she went to the church. She was a Scientologist then, and they put her through $15,000 worth of past life counseling to try to figure out what evil things she had done in the past that made her a victim in this lifetime. And then, um, she wasn't satisfied with that. So she eventually went to the LAPD in 2004. So it was timely. It was only a, it was June, 2004, a little more than a year after the incident. She went to the LAPD, accused Danny Madison of raping her. They started an investigation. Scientology then swamped that investigation uh, with affidavits from Scientologists saying she was a liar. And um, LAPD didn't know about any of the victims and so they closed the investigation in only a, a month, and the DA decided not to charge. After that, Jane Doe One testified. She was under pressure from three people 
Marty Singer, Danny Masterson's attorney, Kendrick Moxon, Scientology's attorney, and an ethics officer named Julian Swartz to sign an agreement with Danny, uh, which included a non-disclosure agreement. He would pay her some money and this would all go away. And she, she, she was told, if you don't sign this, if you don't go through with this, you will be declared. And she would lose all contact with her family. And so that's the way she's testified. She's, she's characterized it as something that she was forced into. So in the grand jury, Marty Singer was asked about this. And also, apparently, he said in the grand jury that, that, uh, that, that a mediation had taken place. I'm not sure about that. That's going to be interesting testimony to see about that, because I hadn't heard about that before, that the mediation took place over several days and that he was talking to Danny's assistant and Danny's publicist. His publicist was Jenny Weinman. His assistant was Bree Schaefer. And so what Mueller was doing with this grand jury testimony was he was saying, look, you know, now that Marty has revealed that grand jury testimony and Tom Mesro referred to the agreement in his cross-examination of Jane Doe number one last year, those documents are fair game and the prosecution should have them. Because bizarrely, Jane Doe one herself, even though she's a signatory, does not have a copy of this agreement she signed with Danny Masterson. And they want to see that, what's in it, before the defense again tries to use it uh, as, you know, in cross-examination or whatever in the trial. So that's what they're fighting over last week. And the Judge Olmedo decided, yeah, you, you know, you, Tom Mesro mentioned it in the cross-examination and Marty Singer just described it in grand jury. They should have this. And, and she's asked him to, to turn it over. And, um, and it was a huge story, lots of comments. Great to see so many people in the comments. I think people know when it's a really big story, and of course, only in the underground bunker. Um, and I, I love Graham's comment from over in Oxford. He said, so Scientology is trying to forbid Jane Doe one from seeing a document, which she signed. Isn't that an admission that they never let her see it when she signed it? It's a very good question, Graham. We're going to find out more about that uh, in the trial itself. Um, yeah, just so much going on. And then uh, the next day, uh, after all these heavy scoops we'd had for a week, something a little more light, a little more fun. My Scientology wins a personal testament of OT powers from Pete Griffiths. Uh, he was inspired by the, the OT phenomenon story we had done uh, two days earlier. And so he described his own OT wins, which was wonderful in Pete's special way. And he also provided a comment, which I, I really enjoyed. He said, I forgot to add my traffic lights experience. So here goes. I would always approach lights, willing them to change in my favor. Sometimes they actually did. That was OT. Sometimes they didn't. That was too much effort. I reckon I managed about a 10% success rate. <laughs> yeah, but Pete, you didn't tell us how good you were at parking. Did you have parking spots magically open up for you? Anyway, uh, it's been a great, great week in the bunker. Wonderful comments. Um, if you've got some questions for me about what's happening, drop me a line. Um, maybe I can answer that. Uh, and um, we'll see if uh, how you respond to this thing. Maybe this is we can make this a regular feature. I don't know. But I just thought I'd update you a little bit uh, going into the trial and go over some of the recent stuff on the on the on the bunker. And um, 
Oh, we have, I'm, we're, I'm recording a new podcast tonight. That's going to come out Saturday. It's topical. It's hot. I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. So, Hey, so far this whole Substack and podcast thing seems to be going pretty well on my end. I hope it's going well on your end. And thank you again for supporting the bunker. Please get the word out. Let people know if they want fresh daily news about the Church of Scientology and its many controversies, come on over to the Underground Bunker. <laughs>